Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Point. We have become the source for authenticity and exactitude here in Southeast Pennsylvania in the Delaware Valley. Why? Because you've all identified our show and this station as the guideposts for all truth seekers everywhere. The Point is the home of factualism. Thanks to all of you for tuning in and being with us today, and every week you're with us. We truly appreciate it. Today will be an action-packed, fast-paced show. we got a lot of information coming at you, coming at you very quickly at the speed of sound. So if you uh, will be transitioning here and there, very uh, hopefully very seamlessly. So please keep up with us, and we appreciate all that you do and being with us and being with us every week. Thank you very much. We're going to we're going to show and expose the Pravda propaganda, fake news networks, and their media malpractice going on every day. But folks, I wanted to talk, I want to jump right into it here. I, w- I want to get into uh, some recent information on polling. What's really compelling on all of this and what's intriguing on all of this to me is how little polling we've actually seen since the conventions. What we've seen uh, going on uh, years past, presidential cycles past, after the conventions, usually you see a flood, a floodgate of polls that come out. ABC News, CBS, NBC, CNN, and all these different, they all partnership with some other media outlets and they generate polls. And we would see them all the time. I mean, like every week you'd see a new poll out from somebody. Um, it'd be constant. You'd be seeing all these constant polls come out. But we're not really seeing that right now. And I, I, I want to try to draw the distinction as to why I feel, and I think you'll understand what I'm, what I'm seeing here, uh, why I feel this, this is happening. Okay. I'm going to unpack this for you because I do see this very distinctly. And again, I, my trained eye will help you, will help me explain to you what it is I'm seeing. So you too can see and understand. Now, what we just saw recently was a poll, I guess ABC news came out with a poll and, uh, I mean, it's showing Biden, I mean, Trump leading Biden in Arizona and Florida. Okay, big whoop. I mean, we, 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 we've been talking about this on our show for weeks and weeks, okay? Trump is actually leading Biden, Biden everywhere. As a matter of fact, I mentioned this to you prior, polling outfits that are called upon by candidates to do their polling will never lie to their customer, i.e. the candidate hiring them. So Joe Biden and Donald Trump both know what the polling really is. They both know. I mean, Joe Biden got out of his car, I believe it was in Philadelphia area, and he was being heckled by someone saying, Joe, go back to your basement. Go back to your bunker, Joe. You don't have a chance. You're not going to win. You you have no chance in beating Trump. And Joe Biden, with his mask on, in a muffled voice, said, you're probably right, but what if I win? Now, he said it quickly, but you you had to hear it. But for a candidate to say, you're probably right, I'm not going to win. As I said before, that's a Freudian slip. But as I said before, candidates know they have a feeling for what they get. And then, of course, you get the the polling, the the, uh, candidates like U.S. senators, U.S. congressmen to some level, but certainly state candidates like governors and senators and U.S. candidates like presidents. Often, well, they'll hire polling companies because they want to see what's going on. A polling company can break out a demographic in a particular state 
I mean, literally, it can go into regions, it can go into counties, it can zero in on demographics. Polling numbers are extremely intricate and polling outfits, and they really can measure. The, the polling can be and is, if you have the right polling outfit, uh, will be an effective barometer as to what you can expect down the road, a, a barometer being a weather meter of, of sorts, measuring atmospheric pressure and telling, uh, well, telling seamen, if you will, people that are on the on the oceans, the old time sailors, uh, when they're when, when when fronts are changing and coming in, so that you would know how to batten down the hatches, if you will, and and seek shelter in some in some uh, in some uh, sheltered bay or somewhere or something like that. But folks, these polling companies are getting information to these candidates, information that we don't see. That's that's where I'm going with this. Inside information. For instance, suburban moms in Montgomery County and Delaware County, specifically. Um, I mean, uh, or 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 blue collar voters in 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 Berks County or 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 Westmoreland County or Washington County or something like that. Or professionals, white collar workers in Pittsburgh. See. Polling companies can get this information, and they do, and they tally it up, and they tell the candidate what they can expect coming. The barometric pressure, what we can expect a day or two or three or a week from now. Polls, folks, show candidates and give them their expectations based on what they see, the trends. Now, we talk about lead indicators here on the point often. But make no mistake about it, lead indicators are certainly real. But what I'm talking about goes even deeper than that. Joe Biden made a Freudian slip. When Joe Biden said to a a heckler, okay, a person commenting and telling him, go back to your basement, you have no chance of winning, you're not going to win. And Biden's Freudian slip of, you're probably right, but what if I do? That tells you he's seeing numbers that aren't giving him much spring in his step. Look, folks, I've been saying it here on this show. I believe that Biden, and I believe this, I mean, I believe this since the summer, but certainly since the convention as well, it's been been reinforced. Joe Biden believes he knows he's not going to win. Some of the things that they're doing doesn't add up. Some of the things that that, that they did during their convention, if you will, doesn't add up. People that believe they're going to win, people that are excited about their campaign, don't dust off a 12-year-old speech and re and, and, and repackage it for the public 12 years later. They just don't do that. Joe Biden took a 2008 nom- nomination acceptance speech from Denver, Colorado, when he accepted the nomination for vice presidential candidate in 2008. He took that speech and dusted it off and repackaged it for this last, for what he just did in 2020. Folks, he wouldn't do that if he, if he, if he thought he was winning or if he really thought he had a chance or if his head was in the game or if he was really in the action per se, he wouldn't be doing that. Those aren't the actions of someone that is, uh, that is really trying to play the game to win. Those are the actions of someone kind of just trying to run out the clock and He's thinking about what he's going to do 
after the election is decided and he's no longer and he's not the winner. How is he going to proceed? He's thinking about life after the election day. And I'm not talking about life after the election day as president. I'm talking life after the election day as private citizen Joe Biden. That's what he's thinking about. He sounds like like someone's granddad sitting on a porch and telling you old stories about how it used to be in the days of old. I mean, he just can't get it together. He 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 uses words that don't make sense to the well, to what he's talking about, they don't fit in with the context of what he's trying to explain. I, you know, and, and, and he loses himself in thought frequently. He doesn't do live interviews. I mean, if he does live statements and then he'll take about three or four questions from the press. And generally speaking, he's asking questions of reporters that he knows will not give him softballs, but give him watermelons. They'll slow pitch a watermelon in there for him to hit. Folks, he's he is he's really mentally shot, and he knows it. The public knows it. The public sees it. I just saw a recent poll. Um, I want to say it was USA Today, but I've been saying this. I've, I've cited this poll recently, but it, it, I guess they just did it again. The numbers haven't changed. I've been saying about 60% of the public 60% of the public um, have have a negative opinion or, or see the or see the the violence in the cities, the, the riots and the looting. They see this as being linked to the Democrats. I mean, and, and obviously the media, they're blaming the media for the promoting of this. And they don't and they see the Democrats as weak on it. I think that says a lot about how the public is viewing this. I think tantamount, paramount, I should say, over anybody, over anything else, paramount over any issue, whether it be health care, Social Security, whatever it is, paramount over any issue is safety. And when a family doesn't feel safe in their home or in their neighborhood, they're going to elect people that are going to make them safe. What I find interesting is when 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 Germany fell to the Nazis, the brown shirts came out and began to intimidate people and threaten people after the elections were done. Then the threats and then the, the people went out there and threatened and intimidated other people and keeping their mouths shut and keeping their opinion to themselves. And basically, they came out to, to, to ruin society. But that was after they won the elections. It doesn't make sense to do something like that, to show your hand before you win the elections. And that's kind of like what the Democrats are doing right now, or at least the appearance of. You see the intimidation going out from these defund the police anarchists and the riots and the looting and the physical harm that's going on, the, the physical harm to police, the physical harm to citizens. The, the, the cries to defund the police, all of this is happening before the election. So this is what's hurting the Democrats. So they just came out, ABC News just put this out, that Trump's Trump's way ahead in Florida. He's ahead in Arizona. Folks, he's ahead in North Carolina. He's ahead in Ohio. Um, I believe he's ahead here in Pennsylvania. I believe that because, after all, I've, 
I, I'm, I'm on the streets doing roadside Trump rallies, and we do this all the time. But I think what it comes down to is suburban moms, folks, they just, they're just not buying the Democrat agenda. You're not hearing very much at all coming from Joe Biden. I mean, even the Supreme Court issue that's been raging. Uh, Joe Biden has failed to come forward with his transparency list, if you will, of picks that he would propose. I suspect it's because he doesn't have a list. I suspect it's because Kamala didn't give him the list yet. Um, I suspect that he needs to get the list or get permission to release the list because after all, Joe Biden won't do anything if he's ever elected president, will never do anything without permission first. And I think weak-minded people um, are not leaders. They are followers. There certainly can be, can be the, the puppets that the hand of the puppet master is in to, to, to manipulate and to, to, to uh, be the Trojan horse, if you will, for the real motives. Suburban moms will not feel safer in their communities, folks. And they're just not going to feel safer in their communities by eliminating ICE or by eliminating cash bails. They're not going to feel safer when the criminals that get arrested are out because there's no bail for them. And so there's nobody having to vouch for that criminal to put up a house or something of extreme value to get them out of jail because that person vouching says they will, in fact, show up for their court date. And the evidence of my vouching for this person is what I put up for bail. If the person, if the suspect doesn't show up for their court date, then the person who put up the thing of value will lose that thing of value. So cash bails in and of itself provide structure to the system, to the legal system, which keeps bad people in jail, bad people that don't have anyone to vouch for them. You see, middle-class moms, suburban moms don't feel safer when criminals that are arrested are released because you remove cash bails. They certainly are not excited and jumping for joy and waiting with bated breath to have the gang databases disassembled. And removed to make it harder to arrest gang members. They're not excited about sanctuary city status or decriminalizing illegal border crossings. They're not waiting with bated breath for that, folks. See, the Democrat agenda does not help convey safety to suburban moms. I also believe that the anarchy in these cities is also letting people who live within the cities see the Democrats for who they really are. After all, the mayors and the police of these cities, the mayor are giving direction to the chief of police and the police to stand down and let things kind of kind of just pan out, burn out, as they say. Yeah, what really burns out is the city. Like the mayor of Baltimore said, let's just let everything peter out here, burn out. You know, they burn the city right out. They're destroying these cities, folks. They're disrupting society. You've got families that are that are scared to come outside because you've got people screaming profanities as they walk down the streets. This happens one time in a city 
in the month of May or in the month of June, folks, this is going to affect their votes in November. And this is what's happening. Trump is actually improving with people that are historically Democrat voters that are not going to vote Democrat this time. He is he is he is improving, enormously improving with with the people that live in these cities who routinely vote Democrat. But they're going to vote for Trump this time. And the polling shows it. And this is what I believe has the Democrats nervous. I mean, really, really nervous. You see, the Democrats are looking right now at their losing support from the African-American community as well as from the Hispanic community. They're losing support. It's soft support, and they're losing it, and and Trump is gaining. I mean, Trump has been over 50% for oh, over, over nine or 10 days on a Rasmussen report, uh, certainly a, a while. He's trending at or ahead of Barack Hussein Obama's reelection effort, the day-to-day uh, polling that was going on with him, the tracking poll that Rasmussen did for him back in 2012. And Barack Hussein Obama cruised easily to victory over Willard Romney in the 2012 election. And Trump is actually trending ahead of Barack Hussein Obama. So the Democrats understand that. But that's my baseline. That's what I look at. And then I look at all the other indicators. But we've been saying here on the show, I mean, I mean, right now, suburban moms and, well, a lot of the middle middle class America is watching the Democrats threaten retaliation for the Republicans doing their constitutional duty by replacing and nominating a Supreme Court justice who passed away. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised here. I mean, they're they're threatening retaliation. Now, they were decrying this last year. They were decrying that they're going to stack the Supreme Court. They wanted to stack the Supreme Court. That was a conversation the Democrats had in their debates. Now, although Joe Biden has come out against it back in back last year, Joe Biden, again, will do what he's told. And if there's anybody out there that doesn't believe that, then I've got some mountain land to sell you in Florida. Folks, I'm telling you that Biden is weak-minded, and he will do what he's told by his handlers. And there's no question about it, okay? That's why he's not answering the question. They've been asking him. One reporter asked him, said, you know, people are afraid that you're a socialist. And he said, well, I beat the socialists. I beat the socialists. Remember, he said, I beat them. I'm not a socialist. People know me on a... They know I'm not a socialist, but what what the reporter did not, of course, there was no cross-examining question. There was no act of journalism. There was an attempt at it, but there was no follow-up, at least the the follow-up that I would have provided by saying, can you tell us about the manifesto that you signed with Bernie Sanders? You know, that 110-page manifesto of radical far-left policies. Can you tell us about that, Mr. Biden? See, Mr. Biden... Joe Biden was in Wisconsin being asked a question by that reporter, and he says, I'm not a socialist. Everybody knows me. I'm not a socialist. I beat the socialist. And the reporter failed to, 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 to commit an act of journalism and follow up with the question, well, then can you tell us about the, the joint manifesto that you signed with Bernie Sanders, sir, sir the, the 110-page manifesto that talked about radical far-left policies, you know? From, from from a job-killing $2 trillion climate agenda 
to eliminating cash bails and dismantling border protection. Can you tell us about that, sir? What do you mean by that? Okay. What aspects of the Green New Deal are you going to implement as per the manifesto you agreed to with Bernie Sanders? I mean, we already know they're all in favor of eliminating cash bails, and, and Joe Biden is no different. And Joe Biden's also declared that he wants to dismantle border protections and to, uh, to, to basically decriminalize illegal border crossings. He's already said that as well. But the $2 trillion climate agenda, you know, that high school paper that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has brought to the House of Representatives as an actual item of policy is unbelievable. But folks, people are seeing, suburban moms are seeing, people in the cities are seeing, and in the suburbs, they're seeing with, a with I think now, a very trained eye, but certainly a very accurate eye. I mean, our eye is trained and we try to tell people uh, as we unpack this on our show, we try to alert our listeners of the subtleties that are in these policies to be looking for. And I believe that people are picking up on the subtleties, folks. It's really interesting how God is opening the eyes of voters and it's becoming very apparent but these policies in the joint manifesto that Joe Biden signed with Bernie Sanders, this 110-page manifesto, betrays the working class that Biden claims to represent, and it destroys any pretense that he is a moderate. That's the problem he's running up against. I mean, even Bernie Sanders at their telethon, if you will, Bernie Sanders made the comment at the telethon that they had that Biden would be the most progressive president since FDR. They like to use the word progressive instead of socialist. I will use the word socialist because after all, Bernie Sanders is a socialist and they like to basically dress up that pig and call it progressive. That's what they're doing. Folks, well-meaning people might still might stick their fingers in their ears and vote for Biden out of nostalgia for the Democrat Party that no longer exists or out of exhaustion at the relentless anti-Trump barrage. But make no mistake about it. People are not voting for Joe Biden. They're voting against Donald Trump. It's interesting, my wife and I were talking, uh, she says, we see more Biden signs than we saw Hillary Clinton signs. Is that something to be concerned about? You know, the yard signs. I said, well, we're seeing a lot of Trump yard signs. She goes, absolutely. But we're seeing a lot of Biden signs, a lot more than we did for Hillary. And I, I pointed out the idea that, well, Trump is an incumbent, so he's the actual president, and he's going to have... He's going to have opposition that is living in our communities, people that just don't like him, that will put a sign in their yard. Staunch Democrats, staunch globalists, staunch socialists. They're going to put signs out. I talked to one socialist one day when I was running for school board. I remember, you know, knocking on doors and one fellow came up and he says he was a socialist. He was a proud socialist. I remember, I remember talking to this person. And again, 
He was an unashamed socialist. I was amazed at that. I says, so, you know, I was looking at him. I said, so, so you, you espouse to the traditions of Russia and Cuba, but certainly Russia. And, you know, he, he just, you know, he just got into his little soapbox and he talked to, he talked down the country. He talked down our country. And I was really amazed at that. I, I mean, I spent a few minutes talking to this person out of more out of an amazement. I couldn't believe I actually met someone who proudly professed to be a socialist. Folks, they're out there. And I guess the reason I brought that story up was because don't be surprised. Many of the people that are putting Biden signs out are socialists. They just are. They don't like Trump because Trump has an America first agenda. And in their house, in that person's house, America first are fighting words. So they're going to put a Trump sign out. That's what they do. But as a reporter, what you what we've got to do and we have to call out. We have to call out this manifesto. And we have to also call out the fact that Joe Biden has no real enthusiastic supporters, save those socialists. Nobody really voting for Biden for very much more than that. They're they're voting against Trump. And so that being said, I think that gives Trump a huge advantage because people are voting for Trump. Very few people voting for Trump or planning on voting for Trump. Very precious few of them are voting against Biden before they're voting for Trump. In other words, their vote is more a vote against Biden. Most people will not be holding their nose voting for Trump. Most people are going to be voting for Trump because they want to save our country from from this socialist ideal, this socialist plan that these people have, their radical left policies. But but again, this is, I mean, I, some call this like a, a unity document, if you will, but Biden's proven he really, he's only, he proves every day he's an empty husk. He really is. I mean, I remember years ago, back in the 90s, and he was actually for police and for working people and law and order. That Joe Biden's long gone. I mean, his body's there. He's got the doll-like eyes, the hollow cheeks. But Joe, like his party, has been invaded by the socialist left. And under this manifesto, climate change is a global emergency which requires decarbonizing American industries and eliminating carbon dioxide emissions to net zero. California just did it. I think uh, uh, Gavin Newsom just did an executive order in California saying he's going to ban the sale, the sale of new gas motor cars. Uh, I think he said by 2030 or 35 or something like that. I mean, I think it's a meaningless thing because uh, he won't be governor then. But but I guess my point is, it's it, to me, it's well, it's a statement. It's a statement of his commitment to the global emergency. Gavin Newsom, like Joe Biden, does not want to see Miami underwater. Now, should we be applauding them for that? I mean, is that a is that a noble carrying of them to, to not want to see Miami underwater, folks? Folks, it's ridiculous. These people live in the fifth dimension. They land, they live in the land of unlimited imagination. They truly do. 
If they can, I mean, they've been saying Miami's going to be underwater for the last 50 years. And uh, we don't see any rising ocean levels down there, folks. Okay. But what this really is, is the Green New Deal on steroids, and it will eliminate fossil fuels by 2035. They commit to eliminating fossil fuels and all power plants, folks, by 2035. Make no mistake about it. Within five years, they're going to install 500 million new solar panels, including 8 million solar roofs and community solar energy systems and 60,000 made-in-America wind turbines. I mean, that's an amazing thing as well. That's in this manifesto that Joe Biden signed on for. But there's no mention of made-in-America solar panels. I thought that was interesting. The only way to install 500 million solar panels in five years is to buy them from China (laughs) or another country such as Australia, which have gone down this path. Folks, the result is cheap, shoddy solar systems that fall apart within a handful of years. Of course, we're going to have to Rejoin the Paris Climate Agreement, we know that, and TPP, we know that. We're going to have to pay the, the Green Climate Fund, the United Nations Slush Fund, which gives grants to China, even though China doesn't contribute a cent. <clears throat> I mean, I guess because they're because of their favored nation status, they actually declare themselves as a developing nation, folks, we all know that's not true, including China, including Joe Biden. Folks, this is a straight transfer of American taxpayer funds to the Chinese Communist Party. And that's what Joe Biden signed on to. The document claims this will all result in lower electricity bills. I think that's an amazing lie of itself. In of itself, it's amazing. That's a lie like you can keep your doctor if we get rid of health, you know, private health care. We all remember, we all remember that one. Or the shovel-ready jobs, we just need $800 billion for the shovel-ready jobs that they later admitted weren't very shovel-ready. <clears throat> Folks, all this is a fantasy. It's all a fantasy. America's prosperity has been built on cheap fossil fuel energy and that will end with Biden, with Biden's plan, with this manifesto. And, and I want to rephrase that a little bit because I use the word cheap. I think it's more, I like using the word effective. Our prosperity was built on effective, efficient fossil fuel energy that happens to be low, low costing, okay, low costing, a.k.a. cheap. I want to make sure I express on that. It just occurred to me. I I don't want a misuse of word there. I mean, it is cheap fossil fuel, but it's low costing. It's a low cost fossil fuel that's effective and efficient energy. That's why we've been able. That's why we've been able to have the prosperity we've had all these years. Almost two thirds of our electricity comes from fossil fuels and the experience of countries such as Australia and Germany is that switching the wind and solar drives up the cost of energy. We know that from watching what happened to them. 
All you got to do is watch what happened to countries that went to, that got rid of fossil fuels. What's interesting is this whole thing with climate change and all of this, this climate change industry, the, you know, the turbines, the, 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 uh, the, the turbines, the solar panels and whatnot. All of this, these smaller countries bought into Germany, bought into Australia, brought into, and all these other countries did. And they watched their cost of electricity increase. The cost of living for everybody increased. It didn't help their countries, folks. It didn't. And as I said, as I mentioned earlier about California, California has mandated zero emissions by 2045. And so Gavin Newsom with his ban on electric cars, his executive order, that's going to be a kind of a scaled thing. You know, again, it's a promised punishment. Their promised punishment to society, their threat of getting rid of efficient, effective fossil fuels, low-costing, low-cost fossil fuels, and replacing it with very, very expensive fuel and inefficient fuel means nothing but, well, it means nothing but higher costs for everybody, less happiness to pursue, more misery chasing us we're being pursued by more misery naturally look the nation's most radical green groups are all about this manifesto you know the word union appears like 50 times or 60 times in the document it appears like a lot in the document and working families, uh, I guess, 10 or 15 times. As Biden pretends that high-paying fossil fuel jobs and pensions in places like Pennsylvania, Ohio, are going to be magically transformed into new climate jobs, building wind turbines and electric cars and climate retrofitting all the homes in Pennsylvania and Ohio, I mean, let's face it. I mean, this is what he thinks is going to help the middle class. After all, we got to put new windows on all the houses. Think about the, Think what that's going to do for the window industry. I mean, this is this is the way they think. It's like a, it's a twisted logic. It doesn't even make sense to me. I mean, how they could take their brain and put it into some some real messed up logic like that. I mean, you know, it's just amazing. I mean, Biden promises to pay for all this. He's going to increase taxes on only people making over $400,000 a year. That's in, that's impossible, folks. He's going to raise taxes on everybody. He's going to hike the income tax rate to almost two, uh, almost two points and the corporate tax rate by seven points. Undoing, undoing, that's right, undoing the engine that kickstarted this this economy that we just saw. He plans to punish the wealth creators and the job creators and redistribute their money to an ever-expanding class of people that, well, that need handouts. The fact is, though, folks, because once he changes the system, these investors will no longer be investing. They'll be sheltering their money and protecting their money from the government. So the money that Biden and the Democrats think that they will get to redistribute folks isn't even going to be there. 
So they're going to think of some other fancy word like a wealth tax, and then they'll create the the wealth tax assessors to come to your homes. Maybe that's their plan. I don't know. But there's a whole lot more to fear in this 50,000-word manifesto, folks, than you think. And Biden signed on to it. He signed on to it. He wants to get rid of charter schools. He wants, I mean, he, folks, he's looking to continue. He's looking to double down on, on the failed school systems. He's not going to do anything to help education, academic results in education. There's no, there's no plan for that. He's going to double down on what they've been doing. And again, you know, I mean, he's, he's going to, we're going to see higher crime rates, defunding the police. Again, we talked about the eliminated cash bail. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. They want to decriminalize disorder crimes. In other words, smoking marijuana, public, well, that's criminal. That's, that's no longer criminalized, criminal act. You know, prostitution, things like that. Who knows? Public urination. Who knows what he's got? I, I don't know what their plans are. Shoplifting under $2,000. I mean, I don't really know. I mean, their their plan is to decriminalize disorder crimes, which is going to bring on more disorder. Now, Biden's campaign vehemently denies that he supports defunding the police. But in an interview with activist Adi Barkan on digital media, on the site, I think it's called Now This, now this News last week. <laughs> now This News. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. He said, yes, absolutely, when asked if we can redirect some of the police funding. He, he's threatening to redirect funding. So what you're seeing is he's not using the word defund the police. He's going to redirect funding. Folks, that's defunding. Redirecting some funding away from police is, is a euphemism for defunding, at least partially. That's his plan. It tells you that he has common cause with the anti-cop wreckers. I mean, like I told you before, folks, Biden's own staffers donated money to bail out rioters in Minneapolis. Don't miss that. I mean, he does the wink and the nod to the to the anarchist groups. He speaks out both sides of his mouth on fracking and other things. I mean, his manifesto is going to ban fracking, and he's trying to say that it's that he doesn't really want to do that. Well, he signed on to it. He's in Western Pennsylvania saying he supports fracking. Okay, but he signed on to a manifesto that said he he's going to ban it. So which is it, Joe? Which 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 are you? Which is lying? You signed a document, a manifesto with Bernie Sanders to ban fracking, and now you're talking about well, you support it. Getting rid of fracking, okay, is going to reduce revenues by $6 billion nationally over 15 years and eliminate two, 270,000 U.S. jobs. I mean, that's just amazing. And that's just doing it on federal lands. I mean, if they do it on private lands and everything else, I mean, that's even worse. But on federal lands and federal waters, to ban fracking just on federal lands and waters, which I think would be like his compromise. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of jobs would be gone. 
Sounds like suburban moms can't wait for that to help our crippled economy, right? I mean, these are just crazy policy plans that he has. I mean, I don't care how they try to craft Biden as an image of, of a working class Joe from Scranton or a man who who is not ideolog- ideological, but but they want to paint him as something else. I mean, it, it's unsustainable. It's, it, it's a charade and it's unsustainable. And at some point, folks, the mask is going to slip and we're seeing it. We're seeing it, folks. Don't miss that. You know, it's it's really, really interesting to see what's happening. And again, you know, people are seeing this. I mean, right now we've heard the Democrats, they're threatening because of the Supreme Court fight that's going to take place. They're going to stack the Supreme Court and get rid of the Electoral College. How are they going to get rid of the Electoral College? Well, what they'll do is they'll stack the Electoral College. They've already threatened to make a state out of Washington, D.C., out of American Samoa, out of Puerto Rico. Well, that's six new senators for them, all of which will be likely liberal Democrats. All of them will be likely defund the police liberal Democrats. All of them will be likely socialist-leaning liberal Democrats. This is this is what you're looking at if they if they if they do what they plan on doing, they've been threatening to do, which is to make a state out of American Samoa, make a state out of Puerto Rico, make a state out of Washington, DC. Now you still got to get the people in these areas to want to do it, but make no mistake about it, these are heavily Democrat areas. Heavily. Especially Washington, DC. I mean, uh, it's just amazing. Remember, Washington, D.C. is the is the city. Back in the 80s, I believe it was, or maybe it was the early 90s, who had the mayor, Marion Barry. You remember that mayor? He was caught smoking crack cocaine, I believe, in a hotel room. He was caught on videotape. Remember that? In the hotel room, and he actually saw him doing it. Remember, folks, and remember that he actually came back a handful of years, like 10, 15 years later, and I think he ran for mayor again, or he got some political position again. In other words, he came back. He had a political comeback. I mean, only in Washington, D.C. could you have that happen. I mean, that's not to say you don't forgive people that, you know, go into that sort of a lifestyle that want to get out of it, and, and you, you know, you let them up easy, if you will, like, Abe Lincoln used to say, when your brother's down, you let him up easy. But when people make choices like that, you you really have to put them under a little bit more scrutiny than just, you know, to, if you're going to put them under the, give them responsibility again of leading a city like Washington, D.C. I mean, that's a huge responsibility and to provide the public services to make sure you're sustaining the the budget and whatnot and and taking care of the population and making sure the needs are met, the government needs are met so that the the services are provided and all. And, and of course, that, you know, you're on top of things so that corruption is at a minimum, okay, so that you're watching the, the operations of the city so that you're making sure people are safe and the communities are safe and productive. I mean, you you got to have they're gonna, people going to take on that kind of responsibility. You got to make sure they've proven themselves is no longer addicted to drugs. Certainly, someone that's 
well, that's made a life-changing experience, not just to get out of the drugs, but also a life-changing experience to where their decision-making is now a proven pattern of success. Well, Marion Barry didn't exactly prove anything. He just ran for mayor again. Alcee's Hastings was one. He was another one. He was a fellow that, um, he was a federal judge that Jimmy Carter appointed. And again, uh, when the Democrats in Florida back in 1990s, 1990 uh, gerrymandering of Florida's congressional districts, Alcee Hastings was given a very favorable Democrat district. Alcee Hastings, I believe, uh, was found guilty of accepting a bribe or uh, as a federal judge or something like that. It was it was really bad. I mean, it was a bad thing that he was found guilty of. And he was thrown off the bench, if you will. He, you know, no longer. So what did he do? He runs for Congress in a Democrat area. And people elected him. I mean, they didn't elect him because of his competency and because of his honesty and because of integrity, because he lacked all that. They they elected this guy for other reasons that had nothing to do with competency and integrity. I mean, you had people voting Democrat because they're Democrat. But whatever the case is, what happens when a, a, a city like Washington, D.C. becomes a state, you can know that the people that are there, the same people that would elect Marion Barry again, or put Marion Barry into some position of of responsibility after after his complete fall in politics is the same city that would be okay with socialist Democrats, socialist anti-American end America Democrats, make China great again Democrats as senators. And this is the concern I have, and this is how they would stack. I should say stack the Senate to, to, to relieve the Electoral College. So don't miss that, folks. You see, suburban moms aren't exactly wanting all of that. They don't want a wealth tax. They don't want, they don't want to raise taxes, and they, they certainly don't want to get rid of private health care. They've already gone down that road. I mean, Joe, Biden, Joe Biden's promising to get rid of private health care. I mean, this is like the movie Titanic, except this time they swear the ship won't sink. I mean, folks, I mean, the, the, the suburban moms, are, they're not buying it. As I stated, by the Democrats and Joe Biden and his handlers, are they're running a campaign, of, a digital campaign of advertising. They're going to put Joe Biden on the screens of televisions, on the screens of computers, and on the screens of our phones. Their plan is to put them on the screens in a, uh, a controlled setting, you know, stage settings, uh, uh, prepared statements, things like that, commercials. And they're going to make the sale of Biden that way. They're not going to do retail politics with Joe Biden because Joe Biden cannot hold up. Joe Biden does not have the the mental dexterity to be able to to hold up under, well, under a day's worth of campaigning. And so their strategy is to, is to do this digitally, okay? Now, Trump's out there retail politicking. Trump is out there doing rallies. He's doing rallies in front of 10, 15,000 people. 
He's outside. And what's really neat is how God has protected the weather and kept the weather in September all across this country in pretty good shape. And the areas that Trump has to campaign, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Minnesota, Wisconsin, no rain, folks. I mean, he's been out there and about for weeks and there has been no rain to rain on his parade. I guess that man cannot change the weather because if they could, the Democrats would have called in thunderstorms on Joe Biden. On, on Joe Biden would have called in thunderstorms on, on Trump's rallies. I mean, look, folks, I mean, I, I, everything's working right now for Trump. His polls are just going right through the roof. And everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. I mean, it doesn't take much for people to remember the economy going through the roof last year and where we were. It doesn't take much for people to start understanding when they start looking at the growth of the GDP. And how for eight years under under Obama Biden, the growth of GDP was about a half a trillion dollars a year on average. And under the first two years under Donald Trump, it was three times that. We had one and a half trillion dollars a year in GDP growth in the first two years. Folks, it's an amazing phenomenon. It doesn't take much for the American public to understand, even with this COVID crisis, that there was no PPEs anywhere on the planet because China bought them all. China bought all the PPEs around the world so that nobody would have any. China's goal was to shut down the economy around the world with this virus and to to make it so the hospitals would be overrun. China bought all the PPEs around the world. Again, their nefarious intent was to overrun the hospitals. Well, Donald Trump, Donald Trump actually did something remarkable. And what he did was he actually created with the private sector a business partnership with private sector, private industry. And we became in just two months, in 60 days, folks, we produced so much in PPEs that we became a chief exporter of PPEs around the world. I mean, you don't hear Joe Biden in the media talking about this. Don't miss that, folks. We became a chief exporter of PPEs, respirators, ventilators, all of it. And when you look at what happened, what we know the jobs of we we experienced an economy under Biden. For eight years, Americans watched gas prices go up, jobs be scarce, the new norm being decried and declared by Obama Biden is well get used to it, folks. It's the new norm. I mean, this is what they were doing. I mean, when we look at what this economy's done under Trump, we've produced record amounts of gas and oil. We're a leading exporter in the world. Our our imports of energy are now at the lowest point it's been in 60 years. Okay, I mean, that's just, I mean, our greatly, our, our energy exports greatly reduce our trade deficits, which by hundreds of billions of dollars. We've got nearly 6 million new jobs we had before this pandemic and over 600,000 new manufacturing jobs. 
This is the most manufacturing jobs since the, since the 1990s. Record numbers of jobs were created by an expanding economy, folks. People know this. We had over 7 million unfilled job openings before the Chinese plague hit. And then, blam, everyone was told, don't go to work, stay home, quarantine. We have to bend the curve. We got to get the PPEs in place. Everything's got to happen first. Well, once the PPEs got in place and we bent the curve, then it became flatten the economy. People see this. And people are blaming the media and the Democrats and the governors for their horrible response to, to this pandemic. I mean, the inconsistencies right here in Pennsylvania. I mean, they're decrying certain jobs as essential, certain jobs as non-essential. Some people can go to work, some people can't. Interesting that the governor's family business in York, well, that remained open. I thought that was interesting. But all other like businesses were not. What's really interesting is how consumer confidence went through the roof and gas prices went down to the lowest level in 20 years. Folks, these are things that we can't miss. This is what the public sees. And when you look at Trump on, on foreign policy, the Abraham Accords and the UAE and Bahrain signing a peace deal are a colossal achievement of foreign policy from Trump's expertise along with having NATO start to contribute more to the to protection and supply of military to NATO and, and to Europe, the protection of Europe, or, or whether it was how Trump and his master, how, how Trump masterfully handled North Korea or pulled back the curtain on China. But one thing is for sure, the people of this country see the Pravda propaganda as behaving like a bunch of political operatives. It's amazing how their approvals have sank down to the lowest level in, well, ever. And they're actually looked upon as why this country <clears throat> has division. And they're looked upon as the problem of the division. Again, they're behaving like political operatives. And I, I just think the way they handle good news, the way they handle hope, the message of hope. I mean, all these things. The media is out there basically trying to tell us that we're seeing something that we're not seeing. And that what we see isn't really there. The media is out there doing their double game, folks. People see it. And the polling sees it. And I'll tell you, I, I'm just encouraging everyone out there. The, the very fact, the Republican message of, of hope I mean, I go back to the, the to the great convention the Republicans had. The land of heroes was the first day. The second day was the land of promise. The third day was the land of opportunity. The fourth day was the land of greatness. Folks, Donald Trump and the Republicans drew a direct and distinct contrast between America first and globalism. And America's getting this distinct view right now from a front row seat. America sees this for what it is. It's a direct contrast. You can't miss it. As well as now, law and order is being on the ballot. And I think that you can't miss that as well. 
But I sum it up this way, and the Pravda propaganda, again, being a political operative here, the reason you're not seeing a lot of polls is because they're bad polls, and they just don't want to put them out there. So when ABC News put their poll out, I remember it was Robin Roberts put it out there, and you could just see the smugness between between Robin Roberts and uh, who, who the lady she was doing it with or doing the show with. They just weren't happy about it. They're talking about Trump having a slight edge among likely voters in certain states and blah, blah. And all I could think is I remember saying to my wife, what happened to the 10 or 12 point lead Biden had? What happened to it? Where did it go? Was it ever real in the first place? Well, that's a rhetorical question, folks. Obviously, it wasn't ever real in the first place. And the reason you're not seeing polls right now is because this is just an indicator of what all the polls will be showing. And that's Trump leading and Biden losing. My suspicion is you're not going to see a whole lot of polling and, you know, in the days leading up to this first debate. And if the polling looks the way I think it's going to look after the first debate, you'll see even less going forward. They don't want this message out there. They want to they want to do everything they can to prop up Joe Biden. This empty husk of a man. They're going to do everything they can to prop him up. We're out of time, folks. Thanks for all of you for tuning in. Thanks for being with us today on The Point. Thank you for being with us every week on this show, at this station, at this point. We appreciate you being here. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week on The Point. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.